Tax Flow Podcast, where the goal is to empower and educate you to legally and ethically minimize taxes paid over your lifetime. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to Teaching Tax Flow, the podcast. On to episode 36 today, we're going to talk about what you would do with a million bucks. Now, not a million bucks earned directly, but what a million bucks, whether that be the lottery, etc. Let's talk about it. Let's see what you would do with that million dollars and really just let's talk about how to keep it. So before we jump into the show, let's take a moment as always, thank our sponsor. This podcast is brought to you by Strategic Associates. Are you a high income earner, real estate investor, or successful entrepreneur who is frustrated by having to pay $75,000 or more of annual tax liability? If so, Strategic Associates can help your first step to saving thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, is to contact Roger Roundy at roger at strategicag.net or by calling 801-641-2956 and be sure to tell him TTF sent Hey everyone, back to Teaching Tax Flow, the podcast, your home for comedy hour, or as we like to say, we think we're funny. Um, but on a serious note, back by unpopular demand, just kidding. Chris, Chris Pacero, my partner in crime on the podcast. How are we doing, Chris? Johnny T, good to be back, my friend. How are you? I, I'm doing great, man. And this was another topic that came to us from our Defeating Taxes private Facebook group by one of the guests. So let's jump right into it. You obviously, if you're smart, you read the show notes a little bit, you've seen it in the title. We're going to talk about what in the world would we do if we won a million dollars? Now, little disclaimer with that, right? Or I should say a little bit of clarity. One million dollars, we call a lottery. Eh, maybe you were playing uh, penny slots and you just got every machine in there. You won a million bucks. However it was, you took a lump sum. So this was not something that you took over you know, a long period of time. Lump sum. But our goal in this is to obviously dream a little bit, but to really talk through how we could keep as much of that million dollars is possible. Right, Chris? Absolutely. And John, I'm happy you didn't get hit by the proverbial beer truck. Good to be with you back on this episode. Again, defeatingtaxes.com. We have so much fun in that private Facebook group. Uh, and we, yeah, we posed the question, what would you do if you won a million dollars? We're going to assume that you won it as a lump sum and uh, not in periodic installments. Um, and yeah, what would you do? John, what would you do, first of all? I don't know. So let, let's set the stage for this a little bit, right? So so it's funny that I that you're asking me what I would do because literally I don't gamble. My my joke my whole life was, you know, people say, oh, you know, do you go to the casino? Do you gamble? I said, well, you know, I, I, I started a company when I was in college. I think that's one, one heck of a gamble on its own. But say I had a scratch-off ticket, um, whatever. I don't even, this is how little I know about this. Like, could you even win a million dollars with a scratch-off ticket? I'm sure there's some out there. Um, no, I, I think you can. I don't. I don't play the lottery. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe but, we win a sweepstake. All right. Well, you know, let, let's just play it dumb. So, if anybody is like a scratch off ticket expert, please call me out on my lack of knowledge with this. But we'll just say I went in one day. I found it's got to at least be a fifty dollars ticket. We'll say I found fifty bucks in the ground. I bought a scratch off ticket. Holy crap! I just won a million dollars. That'll at least fill up my fifty gallons of, of diesel fuel in my truck at least one time. So, so we're good with that. I'm happy. So, one a million bucks. 
to be honest, I, I know we've talked about this kind of casually, Chris. I think I would sit on it, which may not be the best thing to do for a little while. I'd sit on it at least for a month or two. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't tell anybody. I mean, I would tell my dog, but you know, he would then tell my wife and it would turn into a big thing. I, I would at least tell my wife, Stacy. I'd say, you know what? We just won a million bucks. You're not getting any of it. It's me. I'm going to buy a bunch of cars. Just kidding. Um, again, sit on for a couple months, take the emotion out of it, and then figure out what I can do with it, right? So it's, I would not buy a car as much as a car guy as I am. I would not buy a vehicle. I know some of my friends are going to think I'm lying, but I think it's true. Depreciating asset, not a fan. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't really have an asset. Well, no, that is, that's, first of all, if you sit on it for that long, I'm sure the money is going to be warm, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, good point. Good point. But no, I think that, um, well, we had a ton of, uh, comments and feedback, the concerns and the questions that are the, the group had was one, can I claim it anonymously? And most importantly, too, how do I retain as much of that money as possible? AKA, how much am I going to have to pay? One of the three laws of teaching tax flow, my involuntary business partner, the IRS, or if you live in a state that has tax, your state, because we know that tax agencies are your involuntary business partner. And before we get into trying to keep it, Chris. So what what would you say? I mean, obviously it's dependent on on everybody's situation, you know, state of residency, et cetera. If you won a million dollars and really didn't do any planning with this, what would be a safe assumption of a percentage you would have to fork over in taxes? Right. So you would you'd be so teaching tax flow, we teach different, we diagnose and prescribe. Please go back to some of the original episodes if you haven't already you would be what's called a red diagnosis due to the fact that you are in a high marginal tax rate. So from a federal perspective and state, I would say, depending on what state you live in, 35 to 40% tax. Because I I know casually people will say, oh, well, you you carve out half of it and that's what you're always going to have to pay in tax. I mean, I think that's kind of a, you know, a knee jerk reaction from people saying carve out half, but you know, we get what they're saying, right? Let's say 40% worst case scenario. Uh, and at that point, then your red dot is so, so there's a great point. This is why we have the Teaching Tax Flow podcast. We talk to our community all the time. You're going to pay tax. You either pick the tax or your involuntary business partner picks the tax. And if you don't plan, then you're not picking your tax. So, in a red diagnosis situation, meaning a high marginal tax rate, what you're looking for is I'm going to diagnose, and then what prescriptions, what what things can I do to offset this taxable income? And we also know with teaching tax flow, one of the laws is cash flow doesn't equal tax flow, meaning if you took that money, I'll give you an example, John. Let's say you had a mortgage of $700,000. You take the money, you pay the $700,000 mortgage off. It leaves you with $300,000. Your tax is $400,000. You're actually minus, you've got to come up with an extra $100,000, even though your house is paid off, or you're going to pay interest, penalty, et cetera, et cetera, on that. That's where I just want people to understand the the genesis, really, of teaching tax flows, understanding the tax ramifications of your decision. Now, we're not saying don't pay your home off, but understanding that how could you possibly 
win the lottery, pay your home off, and still have to come up with another $100,000 in that fact pattern. Right. And I mean, you could you could look this up on YouTube, I'm sure, and watch endless pieces of content on lottery winners filing bankruptcy, right? And either probably one of two things happen, right? I, I know there's a I know there's a story about there a gentleman. I'm gonna I'm going off memory. Maybe it was in Texas or so he he just gave it all away and then realized if I remember it, like, oh crap, I still need to pay taxes because I even just because I gave it away to people, some to charity, I believe, but the whole documentary, I think, on that. But then also, too, like a lot of people just spend, 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 and then plan after the fact. So like my response earlier about I would try to take as much emotion out of it as possible is, A, you kind of realize like, I didn't have this yesterday. I have it today. It's and unless, uh, you know, oh, a bookie or something that I don't <laughs> that I don't know about a bunch of cash, um, I'm not going to be in trouble for anything. It's all about planning into it, right? So um, the horror stories about sports you know athletes you know getting large sums of large sums of cash a little bit different but you know it going out faster than it came in etc cetera, etc cetera. so planning we've had i've had in three times in my life have i don't know if you know this but people that won over a million dollars come to us for tax i did not know that ration i knew there was one overseas that i knew about but i didn't know about the other two I didn't even count that one. I was thinking of domestic domestic. Oh, okay. But anyway, yeah, there's an, well, here's, here's the situation. The gambling income is taxable on the federal tax return. If you live in a state that there's a state tax, you would pay tax on that in your home state. If you win the money in a tax that in a state that has a state tax, you're going to pay tax to that state. Now, 99% of the time, you're not going to get double taxed by states you're going to get a credit on your home state tax return for the tax you paid in the other state. So, John, you live in Michigan. You're out gallivanting around, and you hit the lotto in Vegas. There's no there's no state income tax in Las Vegas, but the state of Michigan is going to say, John, you're a resident of our state. You pay tax on all your income. You owe us in Michigan. Let's say you win in Louisiana. You win a million dollars in Louisiana. Louisiana is going to say, you owe us a million bucks for that. When we're going to withhold and you're going to pay $50,000 of tax. I'm just making it up. <laughs> the state of Michigan will say, you owe us a tax on that million dollars. That tax is 60 grand, but we're going to give you credit for the 50 you paid in Louisiana. So you just pay us the difference. There's so typically states have reciprocal credit. So you don't get double taxed. But ultimately, if you either win or live in a state with a tax, that's going to be taxable and you're going to pay federal tax. Now, so basically, the moral of that story is gamble where there's no state income tax and also potentially take a very small portion of those winnings, buy a condo and change your residency. In the same day, so. <laughs> oh, yeah. Post win residency planning is always sound. <laughs> they, Not they literally, another red diagnosis. Well, <laughs> so, so then it comes down to if you have gambling losses, you can offset your wins with your losses on the federal tax return if you itemize your deductions and not everyone itemizes their deductions. If you won a million bucks, chances are you may have lost some. Maybe you lost 100,000 so that you would take a $100,000 deduction on the federal return. The challenge is most states don't allow for a deduction for losses. Many states just have a standard deduction instead of itemized deductions. So even if you won a million and lost a million, you could potentially owe a lot of money to your state. 
Great. Hopefully you got a lot of free drinks while you're gambling, basically. Exactly. <laughs> you know, million. What if you took uh, you know the Detroit Red Wings to win the Stanley Cup at 20 to 1 and you bet 50 grand for some reason and you won a million bucks? You would have won a million bucks. Mm-hmm. So just can think about that where so that's how it's taxed. Okay. Obviously, the low-hanging fruit is make sure you record all your gambling losses to offset your gambling wins. And then your red diagnosis, where can you find additional deductions on your tax return to, uh, to offset this income? So if you're a real, you know, we, we, if you are a business owner, a real estate investor, you might want to invest in additional properties or additional equipment if it's something that you can use for your business. To, and those, those deductions could hopefully offset the gambling winning. You mentioned a great point, being charitable. Let me be clear. Gifting money to people is not a tax deduction. If you want a deduction, you have to give money to a qualified organization. And typically a a tax-exempt organization or a, a church or a religious organization. What you can do, though, is there if you want a million dollars and you want to set aside 500 grand, 600 grand, 700 grand for charitable purposes, at that point you're going to want to use some more advanced tax strategies like creating a a, a a charitable remainder trust or a family foundation or something that you could take advantage of your your generosity the same year you won. Because even if you won a mill, and let's say that was your only income and you gave away 900,000 of it you're limited for a charitable deduction to up to only 50% of your, your income. So mm. the point is, is, if you want to be ultra charitable, then we need to create some type of separate entity to assist you in, in making sure those wishes are taken care of. And circling back a little bit too. So just for anybody who's not familiar with your know, color-coded diagnoses, so within teaching tax flow. So you mentioned a red diagnosis. So that is a high marginal tax rate or MTR as, as we reference it and, and kind of bounce back and forth. So that is not, I know the answer to this, but kind of give us the the recap again in a little bit more detail. So your marginal tax rate is not your tax bracket. So kind of give us the differences between that for those that are not familiar with marginal tax rate. So, right. Your tax bracket is is just a Let's put it this way. Ignore your tax bracket. It's irrelevant, really. Your marginal tax rate is for every additional dollar of income that you recognize on your tax return, how much is going to your involuntary business partner, Uncle Sam? For every additional dollar of deduction, how much of that do you get to keep? Because the marginal tax rate factors in many things separate from your tax bracket. Your tax bracket static your marginal tax break bracket is your marginal tax rates dynamic. All right. So the marginal tax rates are most important number when it comes to tax planning and strategy. And just because you're a red diagnosis is a high MTR is not a death wish for your bank account. It just means that there's different strategies that you implement. Correct? Exactly. That is the case. So when you're a red diagnosis, then you have to look at, okay, well, what is your situation? Are you an individual person with a W-2? Are you a retiree? Are you you a real estate investor? Are you a business owner? And then we would have to look at different strategies. The bottom line is if you 
Think about it like this. If out of the million dollars, you deploy a certain amount, whatever you want, so, you know, let's say you said, well, I, I've got, I really wanted to keep 200 grand, um, another 800,000 I'm going to deploy into investments or tax advantage investments, or let's say buying real estate or whatever, being charitable, that the money that you deploy in general can be tax deductible if it's structured properly. If it's just for the family members, call it a charitable deduction, that doesn't work. So technically speaking, and you know you know me, I like to come up with these weird harebrained ideas. <clears throat> in giving yourself the most flexibility, right, on implementing strategies, right? So some are year-end, some are post-year-end. So you there's... Some are blind. I mean, some you can some you can do both sides of fence, but some definitely are by year end. So I believe we're probably episode maybe eight. I think we're under ten, where we use the examples of, you know, we we're out on New Year's Eve, and whatever happened. So what if, what if you were at the casino or wherever you were, and you technically won a million dollars, and there might not even be a real answer for this. I just love these stories. Say you had a million dollars in chips on the table that you just won. Okay. It's like 11.58 PM Eastern Standard Time. You got a couple minutes till the stroke of midnight and then it's the next year. Technically, if you don't cash in those chips, if you don't get too excited, go cash them in and take the cash. It kind of buys you some time, right? So then you're into the next calendar year, right? Potentially. I mean, <laughs> it's like the dumbest example on the planet, but you know how my brain works. <laughs> right. Now, in general, uh, you know, it's when you're going to redeem, you know, when you redeem that, the, the money. Um, right. I love making your making your head spin. So, I can tell you're thinking like, just shut up, man. Like it's- I mean, that, that's so hairbrine. <laughs> yeah, I kind of- <laughs> No offense. But no, totally. But yeah, it's- it's there is it, it is important to consider that though not that specifically. I mean, but, realistically, it wouldn't be constructively received, and I mean, you'd have to cash it out. The banks are closed at that point. The next day is a federal holiday. It would probably go into the next day, the next year, most likely. But and that's why you're a successful CPA. <laughs> I'm just saying. So what are you going to do? So your options are again being charitable, investing in something. Um, really, you you know. You want to at that point figure out, uh, and I like what you said. Take a step back and really think about what you'd want to do. Right? What would you do? Make an impulse decision. If you won a million dollars today, what would you do? Oh, that's a great question. I would not tell anyone. First of all, um, except Holly, I should probably know. Right? They keep but, us in line. These women. I wouldn't, honestly, I wouldn't tell our kids. I would just go about our business and I would probably, um, I'd probably, maybe I'd buy a new car, nothing crazy. I'd trade my, I have an older car and the Haas and I like it. And hey, it's I, over 6,000 pounds. It's over 6,000 pounds. Maybe I'd spend like 50 grand on a car which is a big split would be that's a lot for me because I'm not a car guy. I would probably start buying. I'd, I'd, I'd invest it. I'd make, I'd invest in some real estate. I'd invest in different asset classes. Like some of the same stuff we're doing now, 
It's just on a bigger, you know, even more because I would want to be setting myself up for that to really start producing income in about 10 years. So that's what I would very conservative money in the 529 plans. But other than that, um, it's not really going to change much as far as, yeah, maybe a little splurge. Maybe I'd stay at the uh, JW instead of the Spring Hill Suites or something. I don't know. But, we'll, get, we'll get you a nice wig. We'll make you look like Bob Ross <laughs> or something. You know? Oh, see, when I went and claimed the prize in, uh, at the state of Tennessee, I'd have a wig on. <laughs> there you go. We'll get, we'll give you a, uh, let's see. So you're a Tigers fan, baseball mm-hmm. Detroit Tigers fan. So maybe we'll get you like a, I don't know, maybe a Yankees t-shirt or an Indians shirt and, and a Bob Ross wig. Nobody will ever know it's you. Exactly. Uh, I, I, you know, honestly, I would probably take a hundred grand and create some type of, um, give about a hundred thousand away to charity somewhere, either faith-based or so, there's some other causes I'd like to just do. And, uh, but exactly. yeah. And maybe that's a question too. We can kind of pose to the group one day is, you know, what would what would our group like to do with it? I know we kind of talked about it a little bit, you know, and some of the responses there, but you know, maybe looking at some specific examples or you know, what would somebody do with 10 million or I would say a hundred million or two hundred million, but usually when you get to that point, you're it's you and about ten other people that won the same amount. So you're kind of getting divvied up. But but no, this was great. Yeah, it's great. so the thing is you're gonna right, you're going to be it's you're going to pay tax on it. It's gonna be taxable. You're not gonna necessarily pay tax on it. It really depends on what you do. Um, it's up to you if you want to sing from the rooftops that you won. There are several states that allow you to use an LLC or trust uh as opposed to claiming the prize personally. Um I'm going we will put a um the link to to that resource in the show notes as well. And the, you know, and then at that point, you're going to want to think about who's, who's the one first couple of people you call potentially an attorney, potentially your tax professional. Um, and be very, if you want to be, uh, generous, then think about the strategy. So let's say you, you said, Oh, I want to buy my mom a house. It's $200,000. Well, maybe you buy the house. Maybe instead of triggering some gift tax issues, you put a mortgage on it and your mom pays you a little bit of mortgage every month. And you have what's uh, called a, you could pair it with some estate planning, uh, um, a skin self-canceling installment note or something like that. So there's just, the theme, Johnny, is as we always say, if you do nothing, the tax agencies are going to pick your tax. If you do something, you, you have the opportunity to pick your tax. If you do nothing with your, if you do nothing to plan around that much winnings, you might as well assume that you're going to be paying some IRS salaries for some, for some agents, but absolutely and potentially state. There you go. All righty. Well, in that note, everybody, best of luck to you. If you are in the hunt to win a million dollars, do not come to me for advice. Don't exactly know where, where to tell you, you could win that effective effectively. Um, yeah, I'm not your guy for that one. And I, I know Chris, you're not you're not a scratch off lotto guy either. So you guys are the wrong place if you're looking for tips for that. But if you do win it, we can help you keep it. So thank you everybody again for joining us here on the podcast. We had fun with this one. Again, thank you for for those members that chimed in on the Defeating Taxes Facebook group. 
let us know this topic. Shoot us over some other fun ones that you may have. I mean, I can't be the only one here shooting out harebrained ideas. So we, the crazier ideas and situations y'all have, shoot them over. I need somebody in my corner coming up with the crazy stuff that we can harass Chris with. So until next time, everybody, we will see you soon. Actually, we will see you next week. Hey, everyone. John Trapolsky is still here from the Teaching Tax Flow team. Thank you for listening in on this show, as always. We know we have a lot of fun with these. Thank you for submitting that topic idea. It was a, was a great one to talk through just for a couple minutes before we even recorded it. We kind of jumped right in it, threw Chris on the spot, and dove into his brain a little bit there for a bit. But hopefully, you got some good information from here. Now, taking into account, maybe you won't win a million bucks. Maybe you'll win... 10, 20, 30, 50,000, 100 grand, etc. Really, the point of this was to really just get along or get around, I should say, some of the concepts and how to maintain as much of those winnings as possible. So again, fun one we did, a little bit out of the box, but hopefully everybody enjoyed it. And as always, we look forward to seeing everybody and hearing from everybody very soon. Take care. The content of this podcast does not constitute an offer of securities. Offerings can only be made through an offering memorandum, and you should carefully examine the risk factors and other information contained in the memorandum. The content provided is for educational purposes only. We encourage you to seek personalized investment advice from your financial professional. For all tax and legal advice, please consult your CPA or attorney. Investment advisory services are offered through Cabin Advisors, a registered investment advisor. Securities are offered through Cabin Securities, a registered broker-dealer.